to compete or not to compete. If you have competed before, most likely you have noticed that you have more focus and discipline with your training and your diet when you're getting ready for competitions. It's a no-brainer that helps you with the process of developing and refining your jiu-jitsu game. For those who have never competed before, they may ask, that's it? Refine my game? What else? Why should I compete? If you have trained jiu-jitsu for a little bit, you already realize that jiu-jitsu is not only a martial art, it's a personal development tool. And you don't need to compete to take advantage of the benefits of this tool. While you're practicing jiu-jitsu, you're building your confidence, get in better shape, raise your emotional resilience levels, dealing with the frustrating days of training, and keep coming for more, and the list goes on and on. However, if you want to amplify the power of this tool called jiu-jitsu, competition is a great way to do so. You get to learn a lot about yourself when you are in under-pressure situations and how you respond to them. Competition is like a niche. If you're itchy, scratch it. If you're not, then don't scratch it. At the end of last year, my friend Vitor Shaolin invited me to travel with him to compete at the 2020 Europeans. He asked me, what do you think? My answer was, no, I don't have the itch, plus I don't have the desire to go through the process. The higher is the goal you're striving for, tougher is the process to accomplish it, and the desire must be strong. Let me share a personal experience with you. Have you ever heard of people talking about the midlife crisis in your 40s and all that stuff? Well, it's true. (laughs) It does exist. The year I turned 40, I felt the itch to challenge myself at different things, and one of them was competing at the adult division again. I had positive results in my master's competition, so I felt the itch to step it up. I was playing with the idea for a little bit, then the IBJJF announced the ranking system to compete at the adult worlds, and that was the final motivation I needed. I wanted to earn my spot, not just to sign up. I called this challenge the How High Can You Fly project. On May 30th, 2015, the project became reality. After competing in six tournaments, securing one gold, two silvers, and two bronzes, and accumulating 51 points in the point system, I had the privilege of competing in the 20th edition of the IBJJF World Championship. Going into this tournament, I had been dealing with a serious injury in my elbow. I have broken and dislocated this arm before. And I took a cortisone shot before the Zurich International Open in Switzerland, my last tournament before the world, but it didn't help much and it got a lot worse after. After the tournament, I saw the doctor and he said, there's a partial tear in your ligament. If you compete, am I get a full tear? What would you have done in this situation? Would you move on with your project and compete or decide not to compete? Well, I would regret it if I didn't, so I had to continue the journey. The last two weeks of training leading to the world were limited to only drilling, swimming, and running because my arm was very inflamed. I won my first match against the Japanese competitor Tatsuya Kaneko by 6-0, My second match was against the 2015 Pan Champion and two-time ADCC Champion JT Torres, a competitor I've been a fan for a long time. Right at the beginning of the match, I felt a slight shift on my elbow. I noticed, I was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. The match went on, and after he passed my guard, I tried to scramble to get out of the side mount, and I ended up dislocating my elbow again out of nowhere. It was an awful pain, but thankfully the medics were able to pop it back into place on their second try. 
I would love to tell you that I got back on a mat like a warrior that I am, and I turned the match around, and I won, but that didn't happen at all. I was done. Uh, my 2015 world's journey ended there. Six months after the tournament, I had a delicate surgery that required one full year off. Some people ask me, do you regret the choice you made? Absolutely not. Again, I would regret it if I didn't. By the way, I'm not trying to impress you with my stories, just to convey to you that if you want to accomplish anything meaningful in your life, you must have the itch to go through the process to pay the price to accomplish your goal on and off the mats. Today at 45, I'm at peace if I never compete again. However, I would not be surprised if one day I decided to compete. If you have never competed before, I highly recommend for you to try at least once and if you still compete, I'm going to share with you some content to help you to perform to the best of your abilities on and off the mat. Competitions teach you valuable lessons that can be beneficial in life. And as I already mentioned, you get to learn a lot about yourself when you're in an under pressure situation like a tournament. You learn how to control your emotions, be comfortable in uncomfortable situations, and how to become more mentally prepared to overcome adversities, undesired outcomes, and all the curveballs that life throws at us from time to time. If you're a competitor or aspiring competitor, you might be fighting internal battles that no one knows about, only you know. Whether you're going to compete or not in life, questions like this may pop up. What if I lose? What if it doesn't work? I don't want to disappoint anybody. Am I good enough? These are only a few common self-limiting beliefs that might be holding you back from performing to the best of your ability and or preventing you from even signing up for a tournament or accepting a new professional challenge because you're allowing your mind to control you instead of you controlling your mind. Oftentimes, negative patterns such as fear of failure, fear of disappointing others, and perfectionism have been holding you back in jiu-jitsu, might be holding you back in your personal and or professional life. Your job is to find the source of the issue and do something about it. I'm going to share with you three steps that can help you the process of discovering what is holding you back from being the best version of yourself on and off the mat. Before I give you the three steps, I would like you to think about the question, do you think about what you think about? Think about that. The reason why I ask is that often we get so caught up in the rat race of our lives that we function in autopilot mode. We don't stop to think about what we think about. When you do realize what you think about, you will realize that you have a lot more negative thoughts than you ever expected. Researchers say that human beings have an average of 50 to 60,000 thoughts per day, and 70 to 80% of them are negative. We don't even realize how often we criticize and judge not only others like, oh, that guy's out of shape, oh, that, that girl's wearing a horrible t-shirt, but mainly our own selves. Am I good enough? What if I don't succeed? It's so automatic that we don't even realize the internal damage this can cause. With that said, the first step to locate what is holding you back from performing your best is self-awareness. Think about what you think about. You must be aware of your negative thoughts, doubts, insecurities, and assumptions caused by your dark passenger, the negative voice that lives in your head. This voice is your roommate. Both of you will be together for the rest of your life. But the good news is that you can learn how to become more conscious of the voice. 
And the first step is to practice self-awareness. When you notice a wave of negative thoughts coming, you must stop, take a breath, and use the second step. Challenge the thought. When I was deciding if I was going to sign up for the Long Beach Open in 2014 or not, I noticed a considerable amount of anxiety, and my dark passenger started saying, dude, you understand these guys are in their 20s, right? Are you going to make a fool of yourself? Are you going to get your ass kicked? I had to challenge the negative voice, and you should do the same. Do you have control or no control over the situation? Is this a rational or irrational thought? So let's analyze it. Do you have control of the outcome of your challenge, tournament, job, interview, whatever? No. Do you have control of the expectations that others may have of you? No. You're making the assumptions based on a story that you're telling yourself, which can lead to creating self-negative labels. I feel that I started to practice self-awareness daily 10 years ago. When I filled out my first mental skills training assessment, I realized that I didn't think about what I was thinking about. I had created negative self-labels that were causing me some competition anxiety. I had moments in my jiu-jitsu journey that I created different negative labels and I believed in them. One of them was that I considered myself a slow starter. So it would take me a little bit to get going during the match. As Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. As a result, I would start performing just like I envisioned, slow. Until I became aware of it and I challenged this belief. I said, wait a minute, did God put me in this world and said, you, my son, are a slow starter? I can start whatever pace I want. I became aware of the label, I questioned the belief, and as a result, I began my matches at whatever pace I wanted. I would have even sticky notes reminding me, you are a fast starter. Back to you. Now that you are aware of whatever issues bothering you, you are conscious of what you can or cannot control. You need to take the third step. Make a decision. When I realized the dark passenger's message was irrational thought based on assumptions, I faced my fear and said, screw it, let's do it. I grabbed my credit card and signed up for it. I made a decision that helped me to move closer to what I envisioned. What about you? Now that you are aware of what your negative voice is telling you, what are you going to do about it? So, Imagine you're driving and your best friend is sitting next to you and you start to share with your friend, Gustavo's podcast is really cool. He's talking about self-awareness, self-regulation. Then your friend says, hey, uh, just to let you know, you're driving with your emergency brakes on. And then he said, ah, no problem. Anyway, self-awareness, self-regulation, you should check it out. Then your friend said, but if you release the brake, we can get to our destination faster, safer without damaging the car. And you insist, nah, it's okay. Well, now you are aware of the issue, but you're choosing not to address it. With that said, are you going to stick with a thought that is going to help you to move towards your goal or the thought that is going to hold you back and or moving away from your goal? If you choose the first option, you must focus on things that you can control. For example, if you're in a warm-up area getting ready to compete, the only thing that you can focus on is your performance. You can repeat affirmations such as, my goal is to perform to the best of my abilities with the tools and knowledge that I have right now. In the future, you'll have more tools, but now, this is all you got. Sometimes your best is enough to win, sometimes it's not. But at least you are at peace with yourself knowing that you did the best you could with what you knew. 
Don't let your negative self-limiting beliefs prevent you from living your life to its fullest, to accept new challenges, to enjoy your life's journey. I have shared with you in the previous final thoughts about a book called The Top 5 Regrets of the Dying by Brony Ware. She writes about the top deathbed regrets she heard during her time as a palliative nurse. She mentioned that the most common regret of all when people realize that their lives are almost over is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. If competing is something that you'd like to try, do it. If you want to keep competing, do it. If you have a goal or a dream that you'd like to go after, do it because life is too short to worry about what others are going to think of you. Now, use these three steps every day and you will notice a significant amount of personal growth on and off the mat. My question to you for reflection is, how high can you fly? Oos. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.